Victory Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. And, um, and then last week I was preaching in another church actually in Amsterdam and Lisby was here preaching. How good was that message? Oh my gosh. Uh, reframing your life. Put a gold frame around the thing instead of a black frame. How nice was that painting? <laughs> and, um, and Monique preached the week before, incredible message on, on uh, you, you need to be filled with oxygen before you got oxygen to give away. Uh, concept being, we need to be empowered to go and be witnesses. There's two reasons we're preaching this series. One is we want you genuinely to have a really significant devotional life. It's so important to be having a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, the second reason is we're preparing ourselves for our outreach month, November. Every Sunday in November, we'll be preaching on a question about God. And these questions you've come up with. There was a Sunday we had a whiteboard in the foyer and you wrote down the questions your friends are asking. So next Sunday we're going to be looking at the authenticity of the Bible, proving the fact that the Bible is one of the most accurate historical documents ever to be written, that Jesus' death and resurrection is not uh, in, in, to be questioned or subject to opinion. It is an historical fact. We'll be looking at the evidence that uh, uh, has a, a conclusion to it. The next week we'll be looking at faith and science. And, uh, and then the week after, God and suffering. Probably that one is one of the most frequently asked questions. Uh, how can there be a loving God if there's evil and suffering in the world? We've got an answer for your friends. And then we'll have a panel on the fourth Sunday that we'll be discussing um, Jesus and religion, looking at the difference between those two and the claims of Christianity to be exclusive, that Jesus is the only way. How can we prove that? How can we show that? So this is designed specifically for your friends. And um, those four topics are covered in this book, The Problem of God. And there are another four, five, six similar topics covered in here. Not a cheap book, but we've made the investment to buy one for your friends. So uh, we've got a number of these books. And if you're bringing a friend who's genuinely seeking... Uh, they will get given a copy of this book. That's our commitment to you. That's our devotion, to, uh, how much we're devoted to seeing people saved over this month of November and doing it in a way we think will be relevant to them. So just think, just be thoughtful about where they're at. So I've got a neighbor who's ill, and so God and suffering will probably speak to him. I've got another neighbor I just WhatsApped earlier who, um, he's a maths teacher, so... I've said, hey, I think, um, I think we're doing a topic on, on God and uh, faith and science. I think you will be really interested in this. So, you know, just think about it. Pray about it. There'll be someone in your world ready to hear it here and now. Uh, so that's, uh, that's next week we kick that off. And so I want us to keep that in mind as we travel through this message, which we've called, the series is called If. I've called this If, Then How. Uh, I'm going to continue a bit on from... Lisby, she gave you a window on her devotional world. I'm going to give you a window on my devotional world uh, today. Uh, so turn with me to Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 11. 
and we're going to look at a, a, a passage of scripture. You may or may not have seen this before, but it is probably one of the more famous uh, passages on prayer. And out of this, I'm going to show you how, how I pray. This is Jesus talking. He says, now it came to pass as he was praying, that's Jesus was praying in a certain place. Do you know it's good to have a certain place when you pray? Uh, routines are actually good. I know it's uh, deemed to be quite boring to be repetitive nowadays, but repetition builds habits and habits change your life. And uh, your changed life will change the world. So let's not underestimate the power of repetition. Uh, Jesus went to a certain place. Uh, I always predetermine where I'm going to pray, when I'm going to pray, what I'm going to read in the Bible. I don't leave that to chance, particularly because I pray early in the morning. Never good to make decisions early in the morning. So I know what I'm about to read. I know where I'm going to pray. He went to a certain place. When he ceased... One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John has taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. And we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Teach us how to pray. Now, before we go any further, Jesus never meant this prayer to be a ritual. I grew up in a church where we said this as a ritual every Sunday. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And it becomes like a meaningless mantra amongst other mantras. Jesus never meant it to, that, to be like that. The reason we know he never meant it to be like that is because uh, this disciple had clearly been observing that Jesus had been praying and there was something about the, the uh, presence or atmosphere around Jesus as he was praying that drew this disciple to have to ask, Jesus, teach me how to do that too. It was compelling. There was something compelling and magnetic about Jesus' prayer life. Get this thought. We know that Jesus is God. We know that he died and he rose again, the only God ever to have conquered death, which sets him apart to be different to every other, not just different, but therefore superior, therefore able to say, I am the only way, the truth and the life, just preparing you for the series coming up in November. Jesus has the only claim on that, but they did not know that. You see, we have the benefit of scripture already being written. All they knew of Jesus was what they could feel and, and hear and taste and see in the moment. And so their conviction that this man Jesus was something extraordinary was something that grew as a, an insight or revelation. They depended on the, the presence or atmosphere of, of the uh, behaviors of Christ to determine how significant he was. The same is true of you and I. It's, uh, it's in our secret place, the formation of what happens in our secret place from which people can taste and see that Christ is alive, that Jesus is real because we've been in connection with him. And so what he's trying to teach us is something that is life-giving, not a mantra, right? And so he says, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So I'm going to show you a video. This is a video of, of literally me in my devotions, uh, cut up into two minutes, but 
This is me and my devotions. Because I felt like the easiest way to teach us how to pray was to teach you how I pray. So guys, if we can play that video, thanks. David in Psalm 63 says early, will I seek you? And I've tried to do just that. I've built a routine of getting up early, pretty much the same time each day. I've found a time that works and a place that works. And that's what forms habits because God is more important to me above all other things. And prayer, therefore, is more important to me than all other things. So I've remained committed to and devoted to what I call my devotions. I'm devoted because I believe in prayer. I believe it makes a difference to our lives. I'm devoted because God is devoted to me. He's devoted to us. And so I start by reading the Bible usually. I know what I'm about to read. I've made a plan. I find that making decisions that early in the morning is never a good thing. So knowing what I'm going to read and also allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me as I read because in the Bible is wisdom, is courage, is food for life. So I let that get into me and out of that I begin to pray. I begin to intercede. I begin to worship because I believe prayer makes all the difference. When I pray, I worship. I find it lifts me. It elevates my life to where it needs to be. When I pray, I seek for wisdom, wisdom for life and all that God's called me and us to do. When I pray, I intercede for people because I know it makes a difference. It shifts mountains. When I pray, I let God change me. I allow him to get on the inside of me. And, and this is the greatest motivator of prayer for me is that transformation I find happens. Even when I walk and pray, early in the morning I seek you, Lord, because I am devoted to your presence. So that's my devotional world. I, I'm active, as you can see. It keeps me alert. It keeps me awake. I vary it a little bit. I may go for a walk, less so this time of year, but I may go for a walk. But my time and my routine has been consistent for about 27 years. And so the transformation that happens when you remain committed to habits is amazing. Don't think anything in life is, is going to be necessarily a quick fix. There are quick fixes, and I, I'm grateful for the way that God jumps into our world and does the incredible from time to time. But there is power in the consistent. And so these are the three things I do when I pray, and I do them every day. And it's from that passage in Luke 11 we read. The first thing is this, I love the Father. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And so I make sure that there is worship in my prayer zone. I make sure that the first thing I do in the morning is ensure that I'm not the most important thing in my world. That the, the concerns and the weights I carry are not bothering me more than I can give attention to God. And so I make sure I elevate Him, <clears throat> that I lift Him up, that I get a view of him that is as magnificent as I can possibly imagine. Now, you know he's always bigger. You know he's always greater than you can begin to imagine. But it's important for us to imagine. It's important for us to begin to declare who he is. It's, 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 um, it's taking yourself outside of your situation and making him bigger than anything else. 
It, it works like this. So, who has some worries from time to time? Okay, so you're conscious of your worries. You're conscious of your anxieties. Maybe you're conscious of your inadequacies. Some of you could rewrite this and put inadequacies or weaknesses or, or brokenness. And, and we're conscious of this and it's, it's all consuming. And so we immediately go into prayer on that because we know we're meant to cast all our worries onto the Lord. And so that's what we do. We also have God. And so we take our worry or our thought or our inadequacy and we say, Lord, I'm casting this on you. I'm meant to do that. Here it is. And then we watch the time and, and realize nothing's changed after 30 seconds. So we grab it back and go, okay, God, that obviously didn't work. It's mine again. How often have you prayed through something and then uh, five minutes later, half an hour later, it's all consuming again? Right. That's because, that's because your worries are bigger than your God. We need to switch it around. The way you do that is in worship. Isn't that amazing? You get more excited about a box than what I'm about to say. And that, that is this. This is what that means. Worship will do that for you. By putting worship first, by saying, Father, holy is your name. You are incredible. It's like the Google Earth thing where you scan in on where you're at and start to zoom out. You see your street and then your town and then your city and, and the nation and the, and, and the continent and then the planet. It's called perspective. Worship is like that. It's like perspective. I'm scanning out from me to him. And, and I see him in all his wonder and, and all his beauty and, and, and all his bigness. And, and he can then do anything. And suddenly my worries become small and my God becomes big. He's always been big, but he becomes big to me. He is who he's meant to be. And so worship is always first place in my devotions. The second thing I do is I don't just love the Father, I love what he loves. It says, may your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. What is that saying? There are some things that are important to him in heaven and he wants those to be activated here on earth. That is, what he loves needs to be what I love and I need to be on a mission to make that happen here on earth. What does he love? Well, we know from Ephesians 5 that he loves his church. He says, I gave my life for the church. So he loves the church. So I then go into intercession. Out of worship, I'll intercede and I'll pray for things. I, I pray for the church. I pray for you. I intercede for people that come to mind. Sometimes I have a list that I'll go through. Sometimes I'm just, the Holy Spirit will just drop into my mind certain situations or people. And I begin to intercede. Intercession simply means I stand in the gap on behalf of something. That is, I'm, there's, a, there's a gap, there's a need, I stand in it, and on behalf of that thing, I'm, I'm pleading the Father to, to act in that situation. It could be a need for healing or provision or transformation. But you can activate that. You can make that happen in prayer. And so I go to intercession. What else does the Father love? The Father loves people. He wants no one to perish. He wants everyone to be saved. So I go to prayer for salvation for my family and my extended family and, and, uh, and my neighbors and people I know. I, I begin to intercede for them. I'll sometimes take a card. I think uh, 18 months ago we, had, we gave out cards so you could write names. I still got that in my Bible. I'll still grab a hold of it and, and pray over those names. 
We've got those questions about God cards. You could do the same as you pray for people who, are, who, who you're believing will come to this series. You begin to stand in the gap for them. You begin to fight for them. The power of intercession is incredibly powerful because the Bible says you've been given uh, spiritual weapons for your warfare. That means you can tear down strongholds. That is uh, mindsets, ways of thinking that get so established. A stronghold for you could be your worries. So it may be that you don't just have worries from time to time. Maybe your worries have become your God. Now they're your stronghold and you're held captive to a dark force over your life because worries have gripped your mind. Prayer will break that in Jesus' name. Prayer will deliver you. Prayer will set you free. But it will also do that for those you're praying for. By going to war for them. You warfare in the name of Jesus. You warfare using scripture. The Bible says, I do not have a spirit of timidity, but of sound mind, love. So that means if you're dealing with fear, or you're praying for someone who is gripped by fear, quote the scripture. They do not have a fearful mind. But I declare right now they have a mind that is full of love and of self-control. They have a sound mind. In today's society, how much do we need to pray for that in, a, in the growth of, uh, of mental uh, health problems? Pray soundness of mind for people. You will be pulling down strongholds and inviting the healing of Jesus into their world by standing on their behalf. When you're praying for people to get saved, you're doing the same. You're asking God to, to, to deliver them from the obstacles that get in their way. You can't determine their salvation because that has to be a free will choice of theirs to decide and choose to follow Jesus. But you can deal with the atmosphere around their world through prayer. So we're going to do an exercise right now because I believe in actioning our messages straight away. Two things in just a moment. I'm going to pray for you if you feel like you've been gripped by strongholds. But the thing I want us to do right now is we're going to, we're going to contact someone in your world you know needs Jesus, and we're going to invite them to one of those four Sundays in November, and then we're going to pray. Okay? So I want you to get your phone out. And I want you to think about someone you, you know needs Jesus. And I want you to think, what Sunday could really help them? So when I did this in the first service, I thought about my neighbor who's a math teacher. And I, I didn't just invite him to the series. I specifically mentioned faith and science because I thought he would really be interested in that. And, uh, and so I sent him a WhatsApp with a photo of the invite. You may not have a photo of the invite, but you can specifically mention it and may, maybe mention the web address of church, yourc3.church, yourc3.church, and say, look, I thought you might really be interested in this. You, so this is, this is how I did it. I said, um, I, know, I, know, I know him really well, so this isn't like weirdness out of the blue. I said, Nick, in church, I'm in church thinking about you. We have a series starting next week, and one of the talks is about God and science. I think you would love this one. Just thought I would mention it, Steve. Now, I will follow that up. He lives next door. It won't be difficult to follow it up. Uh, but that's like contact number one, first contact. So what we're going to do is uh, 
is prepare, prepare the message, and then we're all going to send at the same time, and then I'm going to pray that as it lands in their phone, the presence of God will already have prepared them, soften their hearts to say yes. Just give you a moment. If you've got an invite, just take a picture of it. If your neighbor's got an invite, grab it off them. Take a picture of it. If not, then next week is the authenticity of the Bible. The week after is faith and science. The week after is God and suffering. The week after is a panel session on Jesus and religion. Or make the, make, make the invite to them more general. We've got a series in church, questions about God. Thought you might be really interested. When we next talk, I'll tell you more details. I find it often helps just breaking the ice with people in this way. This is interactive church today. <laughs> Beaming live into many homes. All right, just as you're preparing, and I'm going to pray, and then when I say amen, I want you to send if you're ready to send. So, Father, I thank you. There's power in the name of Jesus. And we pray right now. For every person we're, we're um, thinking of, we pray that their hearts will be ready. Pray you pull down strongholds right now, obstacles that they would put up in their way to the gospel. I pray supernaturally these invites will break into a receptive mind and heart. In Jesus' name, amen. See, there's power in prayer. I'm looking forward to hearing about the stories on that. And so, the third thing I do, I love the Father. I love what He loves. But also recognize there's a time to deal with me. I respect who He's made me to be. And so that prayer ends. It says, forgive me, deliver me, protect me. That's how He ends that prayer we call Our Father. And so there's a moment I take to begin to work on me. I deliberately do it near the end of praying because I just want to get my priorities right. I don't want to think I'm so all consumed by me and, and my worries because that's what stops us from being effective in life. I deliberately do it in that order. And, and so I, I begin to work on me. I go, God, get in on my deals, transform me, work on my heart and continue to build me for who I need to be. Give me wisdom. Help me do this life well. Increase my capacity. Stretch me. It's a dangerous prayer. Stretch me. Uh, and, and I spend time allowing the Holy Spirit to fill me and, and, uh, and touch areas of my life and make me aware of things that I could adjust so that I'm, I'm running this course well and doing this race well. It's not a matter of me 
casting my worries onto Him. It's a matter of everything about me being consumed in Him. That's often our mistake, is to take a hold of something and try and just hand it over as if, you, if, if, as if me and God are separate entities whereby this is mine, now it's yours. No, he says, submit yourself to Him and the devil will flee. So if you surrender all that you are to Him, you go, God, here I am, all of me. Me and my worries and my inadequacies, but all of me. Because the Bible says, as Pastor Louis mentioned, we are now brand new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. What we need is not more ability to handle our worries, but more revelation on who we are. That you are a worryless, fearless human being. That you are a new creation in Christ. That you are not what you used to be. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You are victorious by nature. It's in your DNA. Whether you think it or not doesn't stop it from being true. It just stops it from being real to you. And so I get into a place where I let that reality, the, the truth of that, really sink deep. So I walk out of my prayer place knowing that I am a new creation. That whatever are my inadequacies, they no longer exist because I am in Christ. Whatever the day brings, I will overcome because I am in Christ. I know I'm not good enough. I know I'm not strong enough. I know my vision of the future is way bigger than I can handle unless I'm in Christ. When I'm in Christ, all of that's possible. I'm no longer Steve Warren. I'm, I'm Steve Jesus Warren. I've got someone in the middle of me that makes a difference. I'm superhuman. <laughs> and so are you. You've got someone on the inside of you who made heaven and earth. The creator of you lives in you. Now that's got to make a difference. And so I allow him to get on the inside and remodel me and, and change my thinking and pull down strongholds. So I get out of that place knowing I'm bigger today than I was yesterday. That's the difference. Let me pray for you right now. I said I would. Because I know some of you have got yourself stuck. Where your worries are not just worries, but they become strongholds. Your thought patterns are no longer just simple thought patterns. They become strongholds. And as I came this morning, I know God had commissioned me to help you get set free right now. So let's close our eyes. Something's going to happen. If, if, I'm, if that's you today, if you know that a thought pattern that is, is not like a godly thought pattern... Is, is in control of your mind. That's what I'm talking about. It's, we all get worries from time to time. We all get fearful time to time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking to you if, if it's become a, a control factor in your life. It's feeling impossible to escape from it. Jesus is going to break you free. Lord, I thank you. There's power in the name of Jesus to set us free. I break fear in Jesus' name of people's lives. We bring, pull down strongholds in Jesus' name. Strongholds of anxiety. Strongholds of lust and temptations that have gripped us. We break the power of pornography in Jesus' name. And I command every demonic force that is, is sought to taunt us to go in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for healing and light to flood the soul and mind of every one of us here today. 
For as the Son sets us free, we will be free completely. In Jesus' name, amen. Just so I draw this to a close, let me explain to you the two things that hold you back from praying. And I know this because Jesus, you can look at it for yourself. In Luke chapter 11, he tells us how to pray, and then he tells two stories about prayer. The first is this. He says there's a man who's on a journey, and he gets hungry in the middle of the night, so he knocks on the door of a friend's house and says, Hey, give me some bread. I'm hungry. And the friend shouts out, Not now. This is not a good time. Inconvenient. I'm busy. So he knocks again. And he goes, No, I need bread. I'm really hungry. I'm on a journey. Not now. I'm too busy. So he knocks again. And this time the guy answers the door, gives him some bread. And, and Jesus says, He who knocks the door will be opened to him. He who asks will be answered, and he who seeks will find. There is a persistence needed in prayer because there's a temptation for us to say, I'm too busy. Probably the number one reason why people don't pray is they say, I'm too busy. It's the buzzword of our society right now. I can't tell you how many times people say that to me. How are you? How's your week been? Busy. Real busy. How are you? Good. How are you? God, been a busy week, so busy. How are you? Good. See somebody else. How you doing? I'm oh, busy. So busy. Life's busy. Kids, wife, work. Oh my gosh, work's so busy. Kids, I wish they had told me, warned me that it'd be so busy. Everything's busy, busy, busy. Everywhere you go, everyone's busy. I'm like, what's going on with people? Do you not realize that busy is a product of your own choices? No one can do busy to you or for you. <laughs> I'm in a busy job. Who chose the job? Who's choosing not to leave it? Who's choosing not to negotiate with a boss over it? Man, I work full-time. Wife works full-time. I've got two kids, preschool. Who chose that lifestyle? No one told you to. Lisbon and I lived five years really on the financial edge because we chose not to do that while our kids were at school, uh, before our kids were at school. We never complained we had no money because we chose a lifestyle that gave us peace. Busy is your choice, friends. You're not too busy to pray. You just haven't made a priority to pray. Please, let's be honest. Because if you're not honest with yourself, you'll never change your circumstances. You're not too busy. You just need to reprioritize and make new choices. There is a good busy. When I go to people, no, all good. doesn't mean I'm not busy. It just means I've accepted my full life. It just means I have to get up a little earlier to pray than is comfortable. Just means sometimes I have to stay up a little later to set my soul at rest before I go to sleep. It's my choice. I accept busy. Not all busy is bad, but you'll never hear me say I'm busy. Because busy needs to either be accepted or changed, but not be complained. Reprioritize to put God first in your life. Is He first? Now, if you're busy changing the world, 
You need more God more than anything else. Martin Luther says, I'm so busy, I have to give at least three hours a day to prayer. My God. If you're busy changing the world, you need to pray. If you're busy not changing the world, what's the point in being busy? You might as well sit at home, have a peaceful life, and not change the world. But if you want to make a difference in this life, if you want to be an influencer in this life and be, be at work making a significant change and be part of history shaping towards the kingdom of God, then get busy in prayer. The second reason people don't pray is held in the other story Jesus shared. He says this, he says, if a son comes to his father and says, Father, uh, give me some bread, would his father give him a snake or a scorpion? Of course not. He's going to give him bread. Well, the same is true of your heavenly father. If you come to the heavenly father and ask for something, he's not going to give you something that's going to harm you or is evil for you. The second reason we don't pray sometimes is because of how we see God. We see God as the one who's going to punish us because we're not who we think we should be. We see God as the judge and not the father. We see him as the one who is tough on us rather than the one who's trying to empower and equip us for change and growth. If you're staying away from God because you think he's the rejecter of you, I want to help you right now to see him as the acceptor of you. To be able to say, Father, and say it with a smile that he loves you, that he's devoted to you, that there's nothing you've done that he would not say, I forgive you. There's nothing you've done where he would not say, I still accept you. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you, he says. And that's why we need to pray. That's why we need to come near every day. To know that our minds about who he is can be transformed so that we keep coming back to one who is invested in us. That's why I pray. I'm devoted to it because he's devoted to me. Being devoted to something when you know that devotion coming back is not too difficult. Loving my wife when I know she is passionately in love with me, and of course she is so devoted to me. Someone asked me why she was in Sydney. I said, because it makes our marriage work better. A week apart every so often is pretty good. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a joke. Well, sort of a joke. I know it's easy to be devoted to her because... She's also devoted to me. She's devoted to me because she knows I'm devoted to her. It, it, it's a synergy that works. When you know God's devoted to you, it's easier to devote to Him. It's a synergy that works. So Father, I pray today that we would be a people of prayer, we'd be a church of prayer, we'd be people devoted to you first and foremost, that our hearts would pound with and beat with breath that says, I love you, Jesus. I love your presence. God, forgive us where we've fallen short in this area. Thank you. You receive us and accept us. You receive us back. You're a good father. You're a good God. Just where every eye is closed, I'm going to close with this one action, and it's so important that we do this today because there are people here and you're away from God. You've been away from God. Maybe it's been a long time since you prayed regularly. Maybe because of that, you're feeling very conscious that there's a great distance between you and Jesus. And right now, I'm going to help you just repair that. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life. I want to help.
help you with that too. So if that's you, maybe you're not sure you're going to heaven. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Could we all pray this prayer together? I'll pray a line, you pray it after me. And If I'm speaking to you specifically, this is going to change something on the inside of you right now. It goes like this. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. Come and live in my life. Turn away from my past. And I receive you. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I pray for every person to whom that meant something. I pray you pour out your spirit on them. Give them freedom. Help them know they're loved and accepted. Help them know they're in a place here they can grow. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.